Hi, I'm Harry. Hi, I'm Rory, and you're listening to Games on Film. Pokemon! I'm doing a ad-lib rap! Poker Pokemon! Anytime you can jump into my little rap! We're doing Pokemon <laughs> 3 the movie, aka Pokemon the movie 3, for this episode of Games on Film. Thank you, Harry, for your introduction. I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it. And um, also joining us today is, uh, again, our, our resident Professor Oak, uh, Hamish Steele, how are you? Um, I'm really tired because I've actually <laughs> been playing Pokemon so much. Mm. Um, You're taking a break from playing Pokemon to talk about Pokemon. Yes. Were you watching the Pokemon movie, wishing you could do an attack yourself, <laughs> wishing you could engage the plot in some way to um, make your wishes come true, perhaps, while watching the film? So, (laughs) frustrating few minutes. But thank you for coming back. Yes, we uh, did Pokemon Detective Pikachu. So we took a a quick live, quote-unquote, live-action diversion from the uh, main series. Mm. Um, Pokemon 3, uh, Spell of the Unknown, or in Japan, I think the full title, Pocket Monsters, the movie Emperor of the Crystal Tower, Entei. There's two towers. Yeah, well, he's only hanging out on one. <laughs> he's in the there's, other tower. There's another Pokemon in the other crystal tower. Pidgey. Pidgey. <laughs> so this was maybe kind of, I'd say the end of a certain era of Pokemon in the sense that this was the last to be theatrically released, at least wide release, and the last to be distributed by Warner Brothers until Detective <laughs> Pikachu. And I think this was the last one I saw mm. <laughs> until I think, Detective Pikachu. I think it might have been one of the first DVDs we got. Or it was, like, it was one of your first DVDs, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was one of those um, cardboard clippy cover ones. Where they're trying to work out that you know, if that was really annoying or not. I had a lot of memories of this film. Much more than the second one. Or even the first one, really. Because I think it was the only one we had on DVD. Mm. So I must have watched it at least once and a half. I watched it twice in one day, like back to back. I think I was actually, I have a distinct memory of actually, I was depressed. And I don't know what I was depressed about. I I can't remember if I'd been just dumped or something. But I decided to spend an an afternoon on the sofa. I watched all of this movie. And then I watched it again, either in Japanese or with commentary. I mean, it has a lot of levels that, you know, you don't quite pick up on the first time. No, of course, it's, it's very layered. But you you joke, but and we'll get into this a bit later, but I think this felt like a proper film with it has about stuff. So uh, it wasn't just a parade of Pokemon. Um, no, they say that for the short at the start. They say that for the short. <laughs> yeah. um, I was watching some of the Pokemon anime cartoon series this morning, trying to, trying to get to the era... 
in which this film takes place. So sadly, Netflix only has the first 56 episodes. How many did you watch? Um, no, I just I jumped right into our favourite episode, The Sinking of the SS Anne. Hmm. And uh, there's a bit when, to, to stop the boat from sinking, he, uh, Ash asks his Pokemon to come over to his side of the boat. But rather than saying Pokemon to my side of the boat, he names them all. Because um, I guess that that is the bread and butter of Pokemon is to make sure you see your favourite Pokemon, make sure they are name checked. Are you sure that wasn't just a safety issue that he has to beckon them one by one so that the ship doesn't capsize straight away? There was a little bit of business in that regard, actually, because I think um, it ended up with just Onyx, the giant stone <laughs> snake, being on one side of the boat. And everyone else on the survivor's side of the boat. That episode is also infamous for... It features actual real fish. Oh, I miss those. There's a bit where Ash looks out the window and it, it is not goldine or anything going past. It's just some fish. Just oh, cod. Yeah. <laughs> because this is still in the era when there wasn't that many Pokemon. And the question of whether there were, you know, animals and Pokemon is still kind of up in the air. Mm. Animals are now dead. In the Pokemon world? It's a bit like, um, at the moment, screen on telly is his dark materials, and everyone's got a, uh, like a animal representation of their soul called demons. Yet to see any actual animals in that show, it's just demons or busts, which does make me think, do, do they even exist in the, in the show? I know they exist in the books. but Do they have a, like a demon zoo, but they just, you know, have like the wolf enclosure but then there's just a bunch of humans kicking about looking very sad <laughs> well again it's like is that very is that thing more easily conveyed in a book where um demons are very much just your human soul um and and so no that would not exist or that would be a human zoo but that was part of what i liked about detective pikachu was the idea that they really <laughs> emphasized that you have your partner Pokemon and that's like representation of your soul and how the main character, his friend, said, oh, you must be a Cubone because you're <laughs> sad and lonely. <laughs> it's actually a, f a phrase that's been coming into the games a bit more. In Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee, it was the first game I really remember them saying, like, they never used the word starter Pokemon. They kept using your partner. Mm. Um, and I actually got a bit confused by a bit of dialogue in... I've been playing Pokemon Sword and Shield... So I went into a hotel room and someone said, my partner's in the shower. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. But he was actually talking about like his ditto or something. And I was like, oh. Um, That's weird. Yeah. Well, shall we talk a little bit about Pokemon Sword and Shield as that's part of the reason why we're doing this episode. It's been out for maybe about two weeks or so since recording. And Hamish, you've been playing it. So How many hours have you sunk into it? Oh. Over a day. I'm playing it quite a lot. Yeah, what do you want to know? I heard that Game Freak was so lazy <laughs> and they hated their fans so much and they just hate just the human race with such a fierce passion that they dared not to include every Pokemon in creation. Because, of course, and I think I saw a tweet regarding this, because everyone always caught them all in every single game they played. So, <laughs> um, this is the official games on film stance. Yeah, um, it's been a weird like half year since at E3 they announced that Pokemon Sword and Shield would not have the national decks, and that's the term used for the like 
Pokemon in the order they were made stuff. Mm-hmm. So this actually ha- this has happened before. Red and blue, gold and silver, which are gens one and two, were on the Game Boy. Ruby and Sapphire on the Game Boy Advance actually had no way of communicating with mm. the Game Boy, so uh, that was the first time they like properly cut Pokemon. But since then, all of the games have had some way of talking to each other. So I didn't know that they've had game. That's why they'd made like fire red and leaf green mm-hmm. to. I mean, other other than money, <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, you know, that was the way to get those Pokemon oh, back. Um, but since then, the Game Boy Advance could talk to a DS, a DS could talk to a 3DS. They've all shared a thing called Pokemon Bank. Mm-hmm. And interestingly, whenever new games come out, they don't instantly, they're not instantly usable with Pokemon Bank. So, like, there is a sort of several month period of where you just have to use the new ones in the games. And mm. it's, it, I, I'm not part of the competitive scene, but it is good. Like, it's fun to encourage to use the new ones. Well, I was just wondering that because from an outside perspective, the last time I played a Pokemon game was Ruby and Sapphire. But from an outsider's perspective, it seemed like, who, why would you want to use the same flipping Pokemon from the, for, you know, forever? So... But, well, I did remember then Street Fighter, people just used the same character forever they main the same character for like 20 30 years but but like the idea of pokemon is not just oh it's you know ryu in this game ryu in that game it's the ryu that you had mm. several mm. It's still you know just not a real. decade before so <laughs> it's mostly that uh, i so i'm actually kind of one of these people i have a living pokedex mm-hmm. so i do have all of the pokemon in every stage of our evolution mm-hmm. on my pokemon bank and the idea is that if a new game comes out and you want to complete the Pokedex and that, some people just want to transfer that into the game and then they're like 95% done already. Right. Which to me feels an odd reason to like spend money on a game to just like complete it. Catch them all. Yeah. I do think Pokemon as, a, as just a franchise really speaks to sort of obsessive mm. people. And I, I'm not, and I'm not saying that. In fact, the tagline is "Gotta catch them all." Yeah, I'm imagine not, if it wasn't. I'm genuine. Well, imagine if it was. Not. Imagine it's just enjoy the game. So <laughs> the first game to not feature the "Gotta catch them all" tagline was Ruby and Sapphire because you couldn't, mm. and they don't use it on the new one either. Um, so, so trying <laughs> is pointless. Uh, Pokemon um, Ruby and Sapphire. But to actually speak about the game, I think it's. So, A, there are now over a thousand Pokemon, and I think all fans kind of knew this was going to come one mm. day. Um, it's almost as many animals as there are in the actual world. <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's only like 1,002 or something. And so, a thousand's a good time to do this, and the thing is, they're not gone. I think it's just that these are the Pokemon that are in this region. There's also like a new version of Pokemon Bank coming out next year, mm. and we don't know anything, and like, it could either sate a lot of people's frustrations or it could be an old another like thing of frustration yeah. depending on how much it costs how much like, yeah. what it is why don't they just allow people to buy pokemon as dlc because i'm <laughs> sure no one would have a problem with that i think or a loot box scenario game freak are are seem a little bit behind the rest of the games industry in some ways but i think in some ways we could be grateful because yeah we could live in a world of loot box pokemon um Pokemon Go is, like, wild because it's still very popular and, like, it is free to play. But I think among, app, app, like, phone games, it's not pay to win and it's, like, 
kind of generous compared to a lot of things. I've been playing the mm. Mario Kart game, and it's like, how dare you, Nintendo? <laughs> it's so horrible. But to talk about the actual game, like, A, it's set in Britain, and so I'm enjoying it on that level a lot. Like, there's so many references. It's something yeah. I've always wanted. Uh, not ex- not actually Britain. It is no. a it's gala, which is Britain a sort of parallels. So, no, it's not... No. It's not post-Brexit Britain with Pokemon. <laughs> but there's just so much, like, there's so much fun about that setting. Like, the evil team in this are football hooligans. It's the first Pokemon game with radiators in it. <laughs> <laughs> it's the first Pokemon game where you call your mum your mum and not your mom. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, little things like that. Every time I just get, ooh. And I went to a town recently which was just Bath. And it had, like, <laughs> big Roman baths. And I was like, oh, it's like... Anyway... So I'm I enjoying mean, that. A lot of there's a there's a whole Japanese subculture where they do like English gentlemen and British shit, and yeah, I really do like that sort of thing. It's a good mix for every like what what hello spit spot want some tea person you meet. Um, <laughs> you meet like certain like one of the gym leaders I defeated, and he went ah proper job, and I felt like quite emotional because <laughs> our dad says that. But yeah, and in terms of Pokemon, I think it's got a really good vari- like variety of Pokemon. You're always catching like new stuff, and I've not noticed any kind of like, well, it's not got everything. Like, mm. it do- like my favorite Pokemon aren't in the game, but I'm also an adult, so I can deal. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing. I I always thought that Pokemon fans were fairly chill, and I was wrong. <laughs> I am, was surprised, even though I knew they weren't completely chill. I'm actually surprised how, and I, and the thing is, I don't disagree with everything. Mm. Game Freak has just like all the Pokemon Company. I'm not, and like I'm actually not quite sure what everyone's relationship is. The Pokemon Company has this like need for yearly releases, and the problem with a new generation is you can't delay anything mm. because. The game has to come out on this day because the first episode of the anime comes out and then the manga comes out and the Pokemon cards come out and all the merchandise comes out. And that's, and they have such a regimented like idea of when certain Pokemon are revealed and stuff. So there's certain aspects of this game where you're like, you needed like six more months, didn't you? But you couldn't get it because mm. the whole company would fall apart. And I think the backlash, though nasty, I think there might there is like a shred of like... Ultimately, I don't. I, the The model of making Game Boy Advance games every year is still being used, and I think maybe you need a bit more time. Mm. It's just a video game about collecting fighting animals. <laughs> it's funny how you like weeks going into the game's release, there was so much negativity online, and in the week before release, there was a hashtag called Game Freak Lied because mm. they said that the reason we had to cut them down is because animating a thousand characters is tough. Mm. but sounds like it might be a lot of them reuse animation from the previous games and like basically a lot of people that don't know anything about game design arguing about game design and it gets a bit frustrating um so when the game comes out and i'm just like laughing because i'm making curry with my centipede pokemon (laughs) Mm. i it you sort of just go like how are people so like horrible about Uh, this just joy yeah and to get onto the films there were so many times watching this film where I would just laugh because a Pokemon is funny. The idea of, like, have Pokemon designs got bad or worse? I actually... I mean, I do agree that they've changed over the years, but in the new one, so many of the Pokemon are just funny. It's uh, the Mary Kondo 
does it spark joy question. Yeah. And I think Pokemon is something which sparks joy. And of course... Actually, should... Sorry, that gives me a disturbing image of Mary Kondo finding a particular Pokemon unjoyful and shooting it. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, They basically showed the, all the thousand Pokemon to her and we only kept the ones that spark joy. Mr. Mime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sparks joy. Um, so, um, anything else happened in, in the Pokemon world or universe at the moment? Oh, I guess excitingly... Ash won a Pokemon tournament. Yeah. Which is a huge deal. He won his first ever Pokemon tournament. Yeah. Did you hear this, Rory? Yeah, I don't know. It's, what it's what a... newspaper do you get? <laughs> it's a cartoon. <laughs> no, but it was like, I think one of the most powerful moments of the, first, of the original anime was how Ash was fighting to get to a tournament and he didn't win. And it was seemed unfair as well because, or spoilers for the Pokemon, I think it was also unfair. I think he had... Got into a scrape with guess who? Team Rocket, and um, they doped his Pokemon. Or something? Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, he uh, he was exhausted. He didn't win, and he just picked himself up and kept going. And and the big kind of through line of the anime really is how failure is is a learning experience. To fail and pick yourself up and keep going is a is a big deal. Team Rocket knows that better than anyone. <laughs> yes, mm. I learned all of basically how to become an See, adult yeah, by Team Rocket. I'd prefer it if it was like finally Team Rocket have caught a Pikachu or something. I don't know. I'm I haven't been paying attention to the Pokemon series. I was aware that he finally won a championship, but I would have thought he did that ten years ago anyway. <laughs> no. So it's like big whoop. <laughs> no, no, it was like I got kind of emotional, and like it was kind of an, a different season. It was the only one where he's not gone on an adventure. It's like takes place in the same town and has like an ensemble cast. Oh. And so the whole season was divisive for some reason because that's the thing I found with Pokemon fans lately is like, I mean, all fandom, like they, you kind of like don't want change but also complain if things are the same all the time. Yeah. Um, that's the sort of fate of any long running franchise like Star Wars and and stuff. It's, it's the, it's the people who are there at the original. Coronation ev- Street. <laughs> <laughs> OG Cory fans do not like where the show has gone. It's all in colour now. Mm. They all have these new powers that they didn't <laughs> have anymore. <laughs> but yeah, I think Pokemon is now just, as we've touched on a few times with the earlier films, it's now in a place where there are adult fans bringing up their kids to get into Pokemon and sometimes they just forget that it's not for them anymore, necessarily. So, without further ado, shall we have a, a chat about the film itself? Yes, so Pokemon 3 came out in Japan in the year 2000, unlike Whoa. Pokemon the movie 2000. So, it is almost 20 years old, uh, came out in the US in 2001, and I assume the UK around about the same time. It was also the last Pokemon movie to be written by Takeshi Shudo, who was the chief writer of the original anime series, and also the writer of the first three movies. So, as I mentioned, it's somewhat of a end of an era, I suppose, in terms of Pokemon movies, maybe. I had no idea what the next movie was, and then turned out it was Pokemon Forever. <laughs> it's got a four in the title. Mm, like Batman Forever. Which is the third film. <laughs> Batman for Robin. Yeah. Batman and Robin is the second movie with Robin in. Yeah. <laughs> I've always been mad that in Pokemon they have gold, silver, and crystal, and Not diamond, pearl, and platinum. Oh, 
Oh my god, oh no. I'm too confused. So this film actually, <laughs> moving on, <laughs> no, but no, on that, it came out around about the time, what generation? So are we talking Pokemon Gold and Silver? Because this movie has a lot of crystal in it, and mm. I was wondering whether that was Pokemon crystal related or um, just Probably crystal was coming out, which, so, interestingly, in for, for people that have a really strange concept of interesting facts. <laughs> uh, this is the only Pokemon film to not technically feature any legendary Pokemon because, spoilers for the film, mm-hmm. Entei's not quite in it. He's sort of, he's sort <laughs> yeah, of an illusion. Yeah, his heart's not in it. He's, he's sort of an illusion. He's whatever you he's, want. He's a fake Entei. Mm-hmm. The film makes the unknown far more powerful than they've ever been in the game. And I think quite often, because like again, these films coming out yearly... And I think there might have been a little delay for Ruby and Sapphire. Okay. So there's quite a few, like, Gen 2 movies. Like, the last film had Lugia, which was a gold and silver thing. This is gold and silver. I think the next one's a Celebi, who's a gold and silver. Okay. Because we also watched the short film which preceded the main picture when released in cinemas, Mm -hmm. which is Pikachu and Pichu. So... Is Pichu, was Pichu a gold and silver? Was that when Mm. Pichu was first introduced? Okay. So, as we've seen with the shorts that preceded the previous two movies, that's really just a big introducing a bunch of Pokemon you haven't seen before, Jamboree. It's a buffet of Pokemon. Yeah. To just talk about the shorts, I do think this is the best one of the three. It felt the shortest. (laughs) <laughs> which yeah. is probably the good thing didn't it, have lots of intertitles of Pokemon just mm. dancing and stuff and obviously this is like advertising Pichu but I do think these shorts give have always have like a nice little role for a Pokemon you're not quite like expecting to and I really enjoyed just like the animation on Houndour which mm. is just like this is, a po- this is a Pokemon that like hasn't had an episode about it, hasn't got a role in the film, so like I don't know. Let's just have it do some funny things for a bit. Now remember, just hang out here while we're gone. We've got some things to do. Maybe I'll just stay and hang out too. Oh no, you don't. Come hey, on. take it easy on the vest. I only have one. Now listen up. See that clock tower over there? We'll be back at 6 o'clock exactly. Till then, you can do anything you want, except get in trouble. Have fun! The setup is... It's Babe to Pichu in the city. (laughs) Pichu in the city. They're just in some city and... Ash, Misty, and Brock just leave their Pokemon for a rest when they could have taken them in their balls they, if they yeah. wanted. They said to Pikachu and and gang, "We'll meet back here at six o'clock." And he points at the clock, sort of. It's sort of implying that he thinks Pokemon can tell the time, and that okay. opened up. I remember remember reading about these people who left their dog at home for a week and left the dog seven dog bowls. <laughs> Monday to Monday to Sunday, and of course the dog wolfed it down in a couple of days, and and the neighbours were alerted when he decided to whine. And just thought, Ash is that owner. Ash is that pet owner. I was actually surprised that what they went off to do did get revealed. 
Because yeah. I thought, <laughs> I they say, like, we just gotta go off and do some stuff. Mm. Come on. Brock wants to stay. <laughs> I thought, I was writing a, like, list of things that I thought they were going off to do that Pokemon couldn't come with them for. And the first thing I put was church. <laughs> <laughs> we don't allow those kind here. Um, the and then for sex pop- museum. Mm. I'll I think take that... a Pokemon to a sex museum. So that does get resolved. Mm. The narrator is kind of our guide, <laughs> but he never says anything that you're not also seeing on the screen. But I was just say, I really like this short because the music is super jazzy and super great. And they are legit using bits of George Gershwin's uh, Rhapsody in Blue, which is... sort of music and that really <laughs> yeah that's your actual it, classical jazz yeah it's it's like shorthand for the big city though <laughs> <laughs> they call it the big city it does seem like like how in super mario odyssey new donk city is just like yeah everyone's into jazz <laughs> yeah i mean wearing I, fedoras i'm not sure where this is set at this stage in the games the games were so basic and a city wouldn't would be tiny and whatever and it's kind of interesting how i think the games have been like trying to move to be closer to the anime and the feeling you get from that i think at this Mm. stage the anime helped a lot when it was kind of informing your imagination when you had Mm. to have an imagination to play these games the opening shots of things like pigeons flying through the sky and stuff reminded me of the start of uh, Detective Pikachu when he goes to Rhyme City and it's mm. that's a similar vibe they're going for. There's actually a bit in Sword and Shield that I think has been inspired by Detective Pikachu. Yeah. There's a town you go to which is all like dark and neon lights and dingy. You meet a Mr. Mime who like guides you through and then you have a cage match with another <laughs> Pokemon. And I feel mm. like it was inspired by Detective Pikachu. Mm-hmm. Which I Unless, cute. like, none of that happens in Detective Pikachu, like, no. meeting Mr. Mime and... Well, oh, no, but, like, the, the prominence... No, in the game, sorry, in the game Detective Pikachu, I mean. No, yeah. I think it's specifically, designed, like, inspired by the movie. Yeah, okay. You've done so many Resident Evil movies, but, like, <laughs> you know that, like, they can start out really different, and then they sort of end up quite similar. <laughs> yeah, I just sort of, when... Some another medium has to visualize through adaptation, then you know they sort of feed into each other in some capacity. I'd say that what this short reminded me most of was the Secret Life of Pets. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's okay. not. It's not a good movie. They did a Secret Life of Pets too, didn't they? But on the poster, the Secret Life bit of the title is very small, and I kept hearing kids call it Pets Two, Pets Two. And I wanted to march up to them and say, that's not what it's called. Because I'm very weird. Um, I did not do that. <laughs> Good. But the general plot of this short is just... Pichu just sticks his tongue out at Pichu and slaps his little behind. Mm-hmm. And that insults Pichu. And then... <laughs> <laughs> they Don't slap that thing at me. And then that's there's some just... self-respect. And then there's just, like, Pikachu lost in the city and all those kind of shenanigans. That's about it, really. We get a little, um, like, two-scene B-plot with Meowth. Yeah. Meowth's got a job. Meowth is great. I just want to say that. Like, (laughs) it was kind of so relieving to hear a bit of Meowth 
like, actual human dialogue. <laughs> well, <laughs> spoken dialogue rather than just noises. Um, Meowth can like just learned how to talk, and everyone's fine with it. But because he talks, now they treat him like someone who has to get a job. And so we see his interview as well. (laughs) So I've never interviewed a Pokemon for a job before. (laughs) Uh, We meet him in this and like Meowth's just cleaning windows. (laughs) (laughs) Confessions of a window Meowth. (laughs) He says, when Jesse and James said they'd find me a job where I'd start at the top and clean up. I didn't know they had this in mind. Hmm. Yeah, that's sort of a joke. (laughs) Yeah. Like literally again, I see these two episodes of the anime I watch seem to have everything I ever needed to know about Pokemon because... In that episode, Team Rocket's Pokemon say that Pokemon are not evil. They only do bad things when their masters ask them to do it. And uh, Meowthon goes, what? That's crazy, because I don't have an owner, and I'm always doing bad stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but then, like... Nature versus nurture. Yeah, well, this short seems to imply that Jesse and James kind of ordered him to get a job. So we need money. <laughs> Actually, in Pokemon Sword and Shield, you can there's things called poker jobs, and there's like a job listing, and you send Pokemon off, and they get experience. It's a bit like the daycare, mm-hmm. but like there's always a job listing. Like I need five five fire types to help me like assassinate someone. <laughs> yeah. Yes, um, burn contracts. my neighbor to death. <laughs> I did have one note, and you see a Voltorb, and it mm. says. Electrode, electrode, which made Ooh. me very mad. And then you cut to a wide, and the Voltorbs have turned into electrodes. Oh. So maybe it had evolved and it was like <laughs> getting ready. Maybe it was a Voltorb appeared, but then Electrode off camera was shouting Electrode, Electrode. <laughs> yeah, you just. Why Sorry, you I should have listened to the commentary. Mm. I mean, we've seen a lot of Pokemon now, <laughs> a lot of Pokemon content, but there were so many new types of Pokemon on screen. I really did wonder about evolution um in general and not just pokemon evolution but darwinian darwinian stuff because as we know um all animals are basically defined or and created by their environments and i just did wonder how you know what environment would need like a big sunflower with a face which can lift bricks um <laughs> and i just was like looking at all these types coexisting and working together and it's like what is the food chain in this world? Everyone just seems to eat plates of brown balls. <laughs> Poker chow. Poker chow and cake. That is actually an element I think modern games get better at. Mm. I mean, it's never going to be a, a world that makes any kind of sense. But in the last couple of gens, they've introduced regional variants where, depending on, like, old Pokemon in a new version. And there is always a brief explanation about how they, like, evolved differently in their region. So... Um, I mean, I don't know why in, in Galar, Mr. Mime's a tap dancer, but like, <laughs> um, more, well, it was either that or Morris dancer. Um, but often you, you'll get like a fire Pokemon is now an ice type because it lives in a cold region and things like that. The reason why the humans have left was because they were setting up a party to celebrate the anniversary that Ash and Pikachu first met. I forgot that I actually cried at this short. <laughs> yeah, it was really emotional. All of these shorts, though, you never see any of their faces. Yeah, they go down a Tom and Jerry route, but with a, it's a little less racist. <laughs> Just a little. But yeah, they make a whole, like, dessert platter for all of their Pokemon. I know it's a cartoon, but where did you get the money to... I mean, 
I'm, I'm, all, I'm starting to organise events in my current job, and it costs a lot of money to make a spread like that in the top... Hire the penthouse suite of exactly. the skyscraper Jeez. Maybe apartment just, block. Maybe, you know, Misty or, or Brock is loaded and they just... And they're both gym leaders. They are. They don't have any other things to spend their money on, so they might as well make throw birthday parties for animals. <laughs> that sounds like what Jeff Bezos is like. He's like, I don't know what to spend my money on. <laughs> like, save the world. Rock, no. Yeah, rocks don't <laughs> cost that much. <laughs> I think I'll set for a birthday party for my all my pets. <laughs> <laughs> And like marry them and stuff. <laughs> and that's the end of the podcast, folks. Thanks for listening. No, there's a hover, there's another ninety minutes to go. They put this like other short at the end of the movie, <laughs> which is really really long. Really long. <laughs> <laughs> okay, reading the Battle of the Bots for Pokemon Three, the movie. A crystal catastrophe is unleashed upon Greenfield, and Ash, Pikachu, and friends must figure out how to undo the damage to the once beautiful town. But the unthinkable happens when Ash's mother is kidnapped by the powerful Entei, a Pokemon thought to have only existed in legend. Now Ash must go to her rescue, uncertain of what he'll uncover when he unlocks the real secret power behind the unbelievable turn of events. A young girl whose dream world is being turned into a nightmarish reality by the mysterious and unstoppable unknown. I, I noticed I said um, Ash and Ash, Pikachu and friends, and I like to think that Rock, not Rock. I like to think that uh, Brock and Misty are like and friends. I love you too, Rock. <laughs> it's Brock. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a fairly. Yeah, not one of my favourite plot synopses, but it does the job. In a secret underground chamber, strange ancient Pokémon exist. More legendary than Lugia. More mysterious than Mew. Their strength, unbelievable. Their power unstoppable. Their identity unknown. Warner Brothers Pictures presents Pokemon 3. Discover the secrets of the spell of the unknown. Also playing with Pokemon 3, the short film Pikachu and Pichu. Dozens of Pokemon in their first ever animated appearance. I know you keep thoughts and opinions till the end. Not always. Now it's easier to talk if you like something. Well, I want to just talk about my, like, a little bit of my journey with this film. (laughs) Because as soon as it started, the music and the, like, pacing of everything was just, like, so exciting and so much stuff was happening. It was so emotional and grand and big. And then... I realized, and I, I, I go, went in saying, thinking, like, I love this movie. This is so good. And then I re- kind of remembered that, oh, yeah, that's there's, like, a movie after this. I kind of was surprised that there's no reveals in this film or twists of any kind. And you just, like, see the entire plot at the start. And the start's great and exciting. And then Ash has to come along and work it all out slowly. <laughs> and it's just a little, like... I, what I'm trying to say is I think it has a very good opening <laughs> for a Pokemon movie. 
This film has a fairy tale vibe. Mm. That's what it's sort of riffing on. The fact that this uh, young girl called Molly and she has her father, who is Professor Spencer Hale. He's reading her a sort of bedtime story, which is a book of legendary Pokemon. And they live in this big, ornate mansion. In this... The Spencer Mansion from Resident Evil. <laughs> <laughs> There's an underground lab filled with zombies mm. where we do not see, but maybe <laughs> later on. Um, but it's it does have a bit of Beauty and the Beast mm. about it, at least with Entei, because Entei is like a big lion. He's a chonky lion. He's so hot. <laughs> <laughs> He's definitely a type. Yeah. Papa. Dilf. <laughs> Papa. That um, is what you wish. Uh, and <laughs> See, I said this had subtext. So there's a bit of, uh, you know, there's dreams, there's illusions, there's metamorphosis in the idea that Entei appears as a version of her father when he goes missing. I mean, after saying, imagine if I was an Entei. Yeah. And, and she, he gives her a little ride on his back everywhere for a bit. And then he goes and disappears himself. Yeah. I do think the choice of Entei is, pro- is, is that fairy tale thing. And I think the fact that he looks a bit Beauty and the Beast is intentional. Because uh, some Pokemon movies are, kind, are based on legendary Pokemon's, like, vague backstory. And he's not. Like, he's... He is a fairy tale character. They just use But him. in the games, it's always weird where they talk about legendary Pokemon and then like fossil Pokemon, but they're just there. It's mm. like reading up about dinosaurs, but the dinosaurs are around. But yeah. hey, I, I, my first note about this is this feels like an actual film with, with character motivation. And by the time this sequence ended, it's like, again, a, a very lengthy um, sequence um, to kick the film off. By the time it ended, I was thanking my lucky stars that Ash and everyone showed up because I was going to have a heart attack. It was so in- <laughs> it was so intense because it goes all frozen. She um, loses her dad. She cries over some unknown runes. That is uh, the Pokemon unknown runes. And then they sort of take over the palace and cri- make a crystalline wasteland. So I was like... <gasps> Oh my goodness, we're back at Pokemon. <laughs> the Pokemon <laughs> titles appeared and I was like, whew, finally, I can relax. The unknown in this film, they are these floating letters. And Professor Hale, his research was to sort of decipher these hieroglyphs in this tomb. And then, yeah, they sort of appear in a portal and take control of the mansion. Can you imagine like he was translating the runes and it said, I've just translated it this far. Do not translate these runes, otherwise all hell will... I've just got one more one more <laughs> sentence to go. Are they actually trying to translate the runes because they are a complete one-to-one of the Roman alphabet that the little <laughs> no, girl is able been, to spell out? They've been, spared, they've been doing that for decades and it's quite embarrassing to discover that. It's just like, mama, yeah. oh. <laughs> you just have to turn... <laughs> You just had to turn the runes upside down, and there we go. Oh, it's an A! Because um, the professor has got this cohort, like, I forgot what his... his, um, Skylar. Skylar Skylar walks in, and he sees Mama and Papa on the floor, and he just thinks, Oh, for fuck's sake. (laughs) I've Um, done my whole thesis on this. (laughs) 
So, uh, yeah, the plot is established. Um, this beautiful place called Greenfield is now a crystalline wasteland, all spawning out of the imagination of Molly. And she's sort of powered by the psychic energy of the unknown. Yeah. I think unknowingly, which is not, you know, pun not intended. I was just trying to work out what the unknown are to Pokemon in the Pokemon games. They are a Pokemon, but they can be different letters. Yeah. So if you catch one, it could be one of 26. Yeah. I think they've added a question mark. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, they're very weak. No, they're not like... The they're one... no one's favourite. <laughs> no, it's... But like... I actually think as the games have gone on and now there's a thousand, there are more Pokemon whose job is not to be anyone's favourite. They're for like story reasons or they're more to be battled than battle with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in like Golden Silver. Hedgehogs. Yes. <laughs> so in like Golden Silver, you just find like a runes, like a, a ruin filled with them and you get like a, an extra Pokedex to collect all of them. Oh, I remember. Yeah, yeah. 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 In this film, they're all made by CGI. And I think the last few films we've had CGI used in kind of like a kind of a crappy way, really, just to make um, a palace and things. But I think it's, it's properly utilised here because these are meant to be slightly alien and unworldly Pokemon. And they, they get that across by just the nature of the fact that they are CGI. And they also do this creepy, um, creepy little song, which I, I hope you would join me in saying. Like, they go... Oh, no. You're on your own. <laughs> you do a lot oh, more singing on this no. podcast than anyone else does. <laughs> Maybe it's just today. I mean, I'm being jazzed. I really enjoyed watching this film. <laughs> they were creepy. And I actually think, just as a, a note, I do think the animation in this film was really good. Mm, yeah. And like, a lot better than I remember it being in the other two. It felt a step above. Everything felt lively and... Um, I'm sure the directors at Radio Sequels coming up will be just as good looking. <laughs> yeah. We are reintroduced to Ash, Misty and Brock, who we just saw in the short. So it's, I think the thing is, with the shorts beforehand, it kind of lessens the impact of... Misty. Misty. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, of the characters. It's like, oh, they're here and it's Pikachu. It's like, yeah, we just saw you. We join our heroes on the next <laughs> step of their quest. Um, so, I mean, we've talked about how Tracy is not in this film. <laughs> like it's like um, was it Monty Python, sir? Not appearing in this film. Pokemon Three. Tracy's not back. Mm. What was the actual in-story reason for Brock's absence? I mean, was he doing time? No, he <laughs> literally like they, on the in the Orange Island arc. Like, so Brock's shtick is that he's a breeder. <laughs> with a capital B. <laughs> okay, that took me a moment to catch um, up with that. So something about Pokemon is that there's a lot of like under the bonnet gameplay that a lot of people are into and so pokemon breeding isn't just like <laughs> so he's been he's been he's a rock type trainer so he's been trying to breed rocks yes. <laughs> so like just put two pebbles in a shoe box and see what comes <laughs> up yeah day um, 49 no so, no action so in like the whole competitive scene there's a whole thing about like breeding the correct pokemon to get special moves to get secret abilities and blah blah, blah. Mm-hmm. so it's like a real thing he decided to get into Pokemon breeding the second the games introduced it, and he goes and joins a Pokemon farm and mm-hmm. comes back when he's like, oh, no, it was a cult. <laughs> <laughs> Who's this just, dipshit? <laughs> Brock just standing there, and there's just all these dead people committed suicide after drinking Pokemon Kool-Aid or something. It's just like, well, I'm going to go see what Ash is up to. <laughs> I like no, I liked the fact that it, it got as far as his lips, where there's all these dead bodies, and he's just slowly bringing the Kool-Aid up to his mouth. He's like... 
hard to think when you're thirsty. <laughs> Actually, hmm. And then, like, Geodude smacks it out of his hand and shouts um, Geodude at him very angrily. Uh, so he came back and Tracy is now living as Professor Oak's living chum. <laughs> <laughs> Draw me like one of your French Pokemon. <laughs> um, I want to just say, the opening credit, like, song battle that precedes our introduction mm-hmm. is kind of one of my favourite bits of Pokemon. <laughs> like, I knew, in all media. <laughs> I don't think I'd seen this film since that... Um, that morning when I was um, watching twice, and I knew the lyrics verbatim. This is the Pokemon Johto yes. theme. Everyone yep. wants to be a master. Everyone, Everyone wants to show their, their skills. Everybody wants to get there, there faster at the way to the, the top, top of the hill. Each time you try, you're gonna get just a little bit better. better. Each step you climb, etc. Yeah, we, we that song got me. <laughs> you got there. That song is what got me into music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It I was think. great, yeah. Um, and everything, like, all the fight is, like, you know, in time to everything. Something I noticed about this film in general is that I felt like the animation team and the game team were talking a bit more. Mm-hmm. Because there's so much stuff in the anime where, like, moves are super effective and they're not. And, <laughs> like, just anything goes. But in this film, like... Toki Pei has a gun. <laughs> yeah. There's lots of stuff like Quagsire, one of my faves, mm-hmm. uh, is a water type and Pikachu uses electricity. doesn't work because he's also a ground type. I'm oh. like, ah, yeah, that's great. And I was having a great time and then, the film, <laughs> and then like the film has to happen. Oh. So yeah, Ash is having his standard battle with a Pokemon, another Pokemon trainer. It did make me wonder if the credits in the Western version were here. I wanted to fact where the credits for the Japanese version were or if it was just... A just battle about a trendy pop song, because there's as with most of the Pokemon films we've encountered so far, there's there's some divergence between the Japanese and the Western version, isn't there? That's actually a good point. Like I I was saying how much the music is timed well to it, but um, it wouldn't be that in Japanese. <laughs> it would, probably um, wouldn't be that song. I did write down in my notes opening song, beautiful poetic cinema. <laughs> this um, is cinema. I just what's, loved it. What's that thing uh, like? Uh, the Joker, the dance of freedom, the bells of oh, something yeah. or something. Do that with a Pokemon Johto theme, someone. <laughs> yeah, but a few weeks ago I went to Comic Con as a guest and I needed to use the bathroom and I was trying to go down these stairs, but two different Jokers were filming slow motion dances <laughs> for their Instagrams. And I was like, I just wanna I don't wanna ruin your moment by reading the toilet. Um, but yeah, great bit. I loved it. <laughs> this movie came out in the US before Ash had caught his Noctowl in the show. And it was a spoiler. Oh my god. Because that Noctowl is a special Noctowl. It's a shiny Noctowl. And it was the first time a shiny Pokemon had ever been seen in the anime. So that's your little nerd tidbit. I mean, the last few films have had pretty much legendary Pokemon as their main focus. Or hard to get Pokemon at least. So... I guess it's, it must be quite annoying to write a story when you have to have an electric bird in there for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I just don't want to write about three elemental birds. <laughs> <laughs> You're in the wrong business, pal. <laughs> you signed up to write Pokemon movies? <laughs> yeah, I guess. I can only write about dogs. I know nothing of birds. Well, Ash 
And Misty and Brock, after their little Pokemon battle, they're on their way to Greenfield, which they hear is beautiful and Brock's particularly interested because... He thinks the girls are beautiful there. Girls must be, must be a bunch of honeys there too. But when they arrive, it's all covered in crystal garbage. Ugh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, crystals? Garbage. Yeah, their reaction to Diamonds. it... It's obviously designed to be very aesthetically pleasing, but everyone responds to it as being horrifying. <laughs> but, like, mm. it's still pretty. We and I think this has been reported by by news um, reporters. And Ash's mum. And yes, um, finally. Delia gets a, Ketchum. Gets a name. Mm. Now, is... So, Delia Ketchum, is Delia, like, a pun on the trading cards? Like, you have a Delia. Well, you don't play cards like that, like that, Rory. <laughs> I don't think Pokemon's in the business of having pun names. Anyway, so Brock what? is <laughs> Ash Ketchum. <laughs> yeah, she does get her name. Uh, I laughed a lot when she's <laughs> introduced because she says, "Ah, Pikachu." Oh, hi, mom. Hi, honey. <laughs> <laughs> she's like much more excited. To see oh, that's later on. Yeah, yeah. She's like, she's much more excited about seeing Pikachu. Ash's mum knows Professor Hale. She just digs professors. There's some backstory that Professor Hale visited Ash and his mum like a couple of years back with Molly and, you know, Professor Hale studied under Professor Oates. So all the Pallet Town massive uh, yeah. here <laughs> in town. They were the <laughs> other NPC. <laughs> yeah. I first met Professor Oak nine months before you were born. <laughs> It's <laughs> interesting, Mum. Molly self-imprisoned in her crystal palace. All she really wants is a dad, which is Entei manifesting, and she also now wants a mum, greedy, um, <laughs> and uh, sees Ash's mum on TV and, <laughs> and says, "I want that mum." I really should have read up on this. Because, as I said, I think there's a divergence between the two. And I really do feel that, I really hope I'm not wrong, but I really do feel that in the Eastern version, in the Japanese original, the mum was dead. And in this one, it's sort of left unclear. And in the final credits, uh, her dad arrives with um, a woman. And I guess in the Japanese versions, it's like, oh, hey, I've got a new wife. Do you want to meet her? I mean, she got... <laughs> it's she... basically the plot of Audition. Yeah, I've got some Audition <laughs> vibes in this. I mean, she does see the first mum on TV and go, that one will do. <laughs> so I don't think she's that picky. No. <laughs> What's the matter, Pikachu? Ah, what is that? Some weird kind of Pokemon. What are you doing here? I have come for you. <sighs> You are Mama. Take me to her. Take me to my child. I can't understand these notes I've written. One of them just says, watch out, Brock. (laughs) That was when Molly becomes... that's That's when Molly, one of her dreams is to become a grown woman. And so for a moment, Brock is placed in the same room... As a what seven or eight year old girl who has the body of a of a teenager, and like I think all three of us have written, 
Careful, Brock. <laughs> is You're, this a trap? Is this, this the most dangerous situation is, Brock, has ever, Brock has ever found himself in? Is this like that show to catch a predator? Mm. <laughs> to catch a Pokemon? I'll just go fetch us some drinks. <laughs> <laughs> just like Professor Oak comes around the corner. Of He's ball. challenged by, like, um... I mean, we're, we're giggling about this sort of thing. It's not a giggling matter, but still, it's that sort of uncomfortable um, situation Brock finds himself in regularly. <laughs> Mm. But what they do is that they make sure it's Brock is the first one to spot that that is the actual Molly. So it's meant to be like, no, he understands the line. Yes. <laughs> no one has to tell him to stop. Although he does <laughs> refer to her as cute, which is, I think you can call a small child cute. He's saying that, oh, a cute girl with a cute Pokemon. But he's not in his usual pervy mm. Why are you defending way. him? Well, I mean, I think <laughs> you can get, you can get cats who know when you're about to die in real life. <laughs> Where is this going? Um, but Brock. I think Brock probably has a Pokemon who sort of gives him a, a quick nip, nip on the leg when he's about to do something that you'll definitely regret. Geodude. <laughs> <laughs> he's not a Geodude, he's a Geo bro. There was also the subtext that Molly has got blue Pokemon balls. That was subtext. Like, Rock, blue, I keep Brock. saying Rock. Brock, blue balls with a 10 year old girl. <laughs> like, oh dear me. It's, um, like I said, many, many layers in this uh, Pokemon 3. Yeah, because she does say, My little Fampfy's stronger than Brock's giant on it. Oh then, my god! And then Entei does a side eye. <laughs> There's just this bit where it's focused oh, right up on. Molly. <laughs> Focus right up on Entei's eyes and he just like shifts from left to right. Just like, Jesus. Oh dear. (laughs) But that's far in our future. What happens? Well, Entei goes and kidnaps Ash's Ash's mum, so he's got something to do. He would have just jogged on. (laughs) I'll leave these guys to their apocalypse. Because the whole thing with Entei is that I will do as you wish. And so everything is just. He's a a genie. Molly basically says, Oh, you know, I want a mum. And he says, If that's what you want. I'll do as you wish. So it doesn't matter what she comes up with. He always has to kind of do this little double check. (laughs) He always has to be like... Like a computer. Are you quite sure? It's always like... (laughs) (laughs) He doesn't do that. It'd be great if he's like, are you quite sure you want an army? To an extent, it's just like Molly says, I want to shut down the computer. And he says, I will shut down the computer if that is what you wish. So it is kind of like... I think Entei should host Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. <laughs> or maybe this was just like there was a lot more dialogue in the Japanese version. And so he had to, they filled it with him just double checking. Yeah, because otherwise it'd just be lots of close ups of Entei's face. Just yeah, looking sort of waxing kind of lyrical about eugenics. Kind of, just, kind of just staring into middle distance. But crucially, I think what, another reason why I like this film more than the last two was again, there's not really a villain. They're, the unknown are really just causing some of this. I feel like a bit unknowingly. They've not got a plan to destroy the world. And it's really just about little girl's grief, really. So you don't really... I mean, it'd be funny if Ash did appear and said, stop this and punched her in the face. <laughs> but, uh, you know, she's not bad. She's just upset. And, and this mysterious power is trying to let her work it out, really. I don't know. Yeah, she just wants to be left alone with her giant... Lion with her grief father, her legendary Pokemon, and her butler, and someone else's mum, <laughs> and somebody else's mum. Ash's mum is kidnapped, and Ash is obviously not happy about that. 
So they try and make their way to the Crystal Castle. But also in Greenfield area is Team Rocket. Mm. Shall we talk a little bit about Team Rocket in this movie? Yeah, they are the best still. They uh, made us laugh out loud so much. <laughs> and I have to say, as much as I'm seeing the praises of this film, I did find like the last half hour a little bit more of a struggle, a little bit more tiresome. I think predominantly because there was less jokes and less opportunities for James to say something absolutely hilarious. Like, I think as he's observing the unknown, he says, I haven't seen so many strange letters since the last time I placed a personal ad. Which I think all three of us roared of laughter. Because it's just so unexpected. And it's a very good image of James receiving strange letters from what misunderstanding his personal I think they understood him all too well. There's a lot to unpack in just a small line. and it, But at the same time, it speaks perfectly to James as Where a character. Where does he find the time? I think Jesse, James and Meowth are just so three-dimensional compared to every other character. Like, I really understand them and, like, their lot in life. All three <laughs> of them have had far more, like, backstory episodes than anyone mm. else. And whereas Ash, like, he doesn't always get where he wants, but he keeps going. He's fairly... He's got a fairly simplistic worldview. I think Jesse and James are sort of... They do sort of understand they are complete failures. And I think, <laughs> I think most of us always feel a little bit more of a failure than we actually are. So I think we can identify them with, with, as people more than... I mean, what the hell is Misty about anyway? Her defining characteristic in the last movie was just that she was jealous of some other girl. Mm. And that was it. In this movie, she has even that, less to do. How old is Misty? I'm just saying, why doesn't, why doesn't Brock and Misty have a thing already? Because it's Brock. <laughs> because it's Brock, I suppose. When Brock runs up to the trainer at the start, he says, and I want to be your boyfriend. And she's like, thanks, but no thanks. Also, you don't shit where you work. Like, <laughs> Brock's going to like hang out with her. Mm. He like This is why he's so into like going to new towns and seeing the cool you know, new girls, and then he moves on. Maybe or... um, M- Misty is aware of some deep, dark secret of Brock's, and he's hanging around to make sure she doesn't reveal it. Well, water is super effective against rock. I don't, uh, yeah, Je- Jesse and James are really good, but it's always a bit depressing when you realise, oh, they're not going to actually contribute to anything, are they? I think yeah. the, the problem is, because they're antagonists, all they can really do is get beaten by Ash. And so they can't really be the main villain, because they'll just show up next time to be beaten again. So In the movies, usually there's another villain, and so they either team up or just like get out of the way a bit. Mm-hmm. I kind of wish that the little shorts were Team Rocket episodes oh, or something. Mm. I could just watch a whole Team Rocket-centric show. Like, you know, a whole <laughs> episode about <laughs> trying to steal candy from a baby unsuccessfully. Greenfield's just as I imagined it. Beautiful fields of flowers that turn into a bizarre crystal wasteland that obliterates the entire... Hey, what's going on? I thought Greenfield was supposed to be pretty. It looks horrendous. Not only that, it looks bad. Wow, <laughs> We've glossed over something that happens, and I think it... I just kind of want to talk briefly about Charizard. <laughs> Yeah, I, <laughs> he lives I, in a in a Charizard commune. I see. I wasn't gonna say anything yet until we see him proper, but we might as well just talk about Mount Charizard or wherever he's residing. I did. I didn't. I'd forgotten that Charizard leaves Ash. 
This is Ash's Charizard we see. Mm. Yeah. Not just your common or garden Charizard. Not one of the, the film doesn't bone. really say that though. No. <laughs> but Charizard sees Ash on the TV and just like. <sighs> yeah, I like how that Charizard doesn't have just like some spiritual connection to his trainer. Has to catch up on to, TV. No, he's just like, oh, he's on TV now. I leave Ash for five minutes. <laughs> I mostly actually want to talk about Lady Charizard and mm-hmm. her design. Ms. Charizard. It's, like Ms. Pac-Man. Yeah, she's got a big bow, big eyelashes, and it's very funny to me. Because, um, again, it's not explained. You have to have caught one episode of the anime. Well, um, you know, people like to dress up their pets. And yeah. so maybe they And just... give them, like, eyelashes. Yeah. <laughs> my, uh, my, my cat... How else will you know a cat's yeah, gender? Mm, I would like, you know, got my cats are in the other room with their hair rollers right now. Just getting all pretty. I was only going to mention Charizard because Charizard gets special treatment because the Pokemon company occasionally does most popular Pokemon polls and almost every single time Charizard comes first. Mm, Why? all Pokemon. Because he's a badass dragon. He's a badass dragon. He's been there forever. And in among the cut Pokemon in Sword and Shield, the only starter Pokemon out of all of them that's made it in is Charizard. So a lot of people have a lot of bitterness towards him. I was also going to say that the most least popular starter Pokemon ever is Chikorita. And after this was revealed, there was a campaign to be nice to Chikorita Day. What is, which one is Chikorita? <laughs> um, is that the one? Was Chikorita in this one? Yeah. At the is that start. The, like the leafy one? Yeah. Oh, mm. see, I, saw, I do have this sort of muscle memory for some Pokemon. <laughs> um, I just think the grass ones, like Chikorita and Celebi... Is Celebi <laughs> grass or is that fairy? Uh, no. Grass, but not a starter. Okay, but I just think the grass... Type Pokemon, they just look the most edible. Like you could take a real <laughs> bite out of Chikorita, and it'd be like a big celery stick. Mm. Um, I I tend to choose Grass type as my starter, sort of in a contrary sort of way. Because choose Grass this time. Well, 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 we'll we'll discuss notes so we can build our Pokedexes, <laughs> which will always be incomplete, apparently. Well, the fan <laughs> the fandom's nickname for Chikorita to make her feel better is Thickerita. <laughs> <laughs> I don't why being why I'm so confused being thick as bits now. People, people Chikorita is a tasty snack. Yeah, it's all about like I I wake up every morning and drink a big bowl of be nice to Chikorita juice. <laughs> anyway. It's funny how I have so many notes for the start of this movie and then I've almost got to the end because most of the rest of the movie are some Pokemon battles. Yeah, and I think that's my sort of overriding issue with the film, because once Ash and Co. get into the mansion, Molly says that she wants to become a Pokemon trainer, and Entei's like, sure, whatever, and... (laughs) You know, he says, if that's what you wish. Yes. He doesn't go, sure, whatever. (laughs) And that's what happens. So, as we mentioned, Molly fights Brock in a Pokemon battle, and then it's... Molly versus Misty. In an underwater section, though, I mean, one thing I do like about this is how, because of this dream reality that Entei creates, you get to have some real bizarre imagery, which I don't often see in the Pokemon thing, because it's always set in, quote-unquote, the real world, you know, it's not... If this one could have been set in the Matrix, you know, because of all the weird uh, vistas we see in the dream world. That's... I have an issue with... Uh, films and games and things like that where it's set in an imagined dreamscape 
world because it's like the states are non-existent. It doesn't really matter what happens because it's all a dream, so who cares? Unless it's like Nightmare on Elm Street. Well, you know, like the <laughs> Matrix, if Brock is killed in the in this world and he'll kill he'll be killed in the real world. There was no ticking clock in any way. Like I know well, I mean like they know that the crystal was expanding or mm, whatever, but it was, like it was a nice effect. How it's like waves, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean I but, like that. Like, people can walk on it. It's not like if you touch the crystal, you die. We have this swarm of crystal people running away from it. But then once the crystal's there, they seem to be okay walking across it. In a film where you know it's all going to be fine in the end, they could have had a few people turn to crystal. Yeah, we just needed one shot of a man who was, I don't know, looking in a ditch and then his head gets caught in the crystal (laughs) and he's slowly suffocating and screaming. Or the bit when um, they're trying to get through this hole... They use fire, and then they use water, and then Ash finally runs through, and then the hole, like, closes. It could have sliced him in half. (laughs) Or traps him as Pokemon on the other side, or, like... (laughs) One thing, one, like, in the Pokemon games, if you're going through something where you're constantly doing battles, and you're, like, Pokemon are running on low health, you... it Like, that's a feeling you get a lot in the Pokemon games, but you don't get in these movies where... If these battles with Molly kept on making them weaker and weaker until, like... Entei's at the top and like, oh shit, I have to fight Entei now. Like <laughs> That's a quote from Ash. <laughs> um I don't know, but just like it it everything felt kind of like safe and fine. Yeah, the the Brock and Misty battles, they're using that as just distraction in a way so that Ash can make it to the top and mm. save his mum, but it means that we've just got a lot of unnecessary filler. And Ch- Charizard does show up rescuing Ash from a great height, and I did think, oh, I'd love to be hugged by a Charizard. He had big, thick arms. <laughs> but um, that, then Charizard starts to do battle with uh, Entei. Again, these are all fantasy Pokemon, so they're all more powerful than they should be. But then I did pause it, and we saw it was only 50 minutes in, and we felt, oh, God, there's more. <laughs> there's a lot more to go. If Rory was like, did a double double take he asked me to sort of pause it again because like he didn't quite believe it and i know it makes sense for molly to choose like cute pokemon to battle but i didn't get any like threat from like if she'd used all these i mean going into a pokemon film like you just want to see some cool pokemon and i felt sometimes the choice of pokemon they used was a little boring like weren't they just scraping the barrel from gen 2 yeah i guess but even, like, I mean, the first Pokemon movie had all those, like, clone Pokemon, and they looked a little bit different. Mm. And I feel like if if the Pokemon had, like, even just stayed Crystal or something, it could have been a bit more interesting. Or Well, here's the thing. If you were writing this, and it wasn't connected to any <laughs> sort of massive <laughs> this was multimedia the... conglomerate if story... If this was a film that... A script that existed completely in isolation. Else. <laughs> yes. If this was, the, if this who was the is ca- Misty? <laughs> <laughs> no, but if that was the case, then you would, of course, using because you can create anything. She would have created some massive, like, you know, Lovecraftian, multi-tentacled, Cthulhu-esque tentacle. Mon- <laughs> you, just no, a non-Pokemon Pokemon. Yes. If I, if I would, uh, but even, now here's the thing. I bet even if it was connected to the Pokemon universe. If somebody had the audacity to suggest creating a Pokemon just for the anime, you know it would be, like, just impossible. Because, like, no, mm. like from all quarters, like, Nintendo or Game Freak would say, no, it must be something we've created. And the fandom would be like, 
where can I get this? And the toy shops would say, we don't have any merch about this mysterious made-up Pokemon. Uh, I, I mean, Pokemon Go introduced a Pokemon just mm. like with no announcement and it just appeared one day and it blew my mind and... Do we know if that's in Sword and Shield or... No, it didn't make the cut. Oh, okay. <laughs> but it is in Let's Go. So it has been in a oh, okay. real game. Okay. I've just got a note here, which I think is used by, by the Gambling Commission, where it says, when the fun stops, stop. <laughs> because, um, because I think there is just yet more battling. It's Entei v. Dragon. But what stops them fighting? I mean, they all just come Molly. to their senses a bit. And what does Molly do? She says, stop, no more fighting. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Literally what happens. <laughs> How yeah. does it stop? She says, stop. Yeah, but that's sort of, again, it's really weird because... We've talked before about whether or not Pokemon actually enjoy the experience of Pokemon battling. They keep sort of trying to convince us as the viewer that they love it and that everyone's friends afterwards. But if Molly is so upset by Pokemon fighting and fighting an imaginary Pokemon, then do they enjoy fighting? I guess... I felt this film was missing a little bit of, like, evil demon Molly if she was a bit more defiant and a Mm. bit more, like... There's a moment where she sends an email where she's like, go away. But <laughs> um, if she just had a bit more, like, power craze, I don't know. Maybe the... I mean, the unknown are ostensibly creating... Giving her this power, cre- helping her create these wishes. But there doesn't seem to be any interaction between them. So maybe if it was revealed that the Pokemon were sort of a corrupting influence on her, that would have been interesting. But then that opens a door about, oh, maybe Pokemon are actually evil. I sometimes think when these films are being written and they're saying, that would have been interesting, someone's in the room going, too interesting, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was confused with how they stopped fighting because the main end of the film is dealing with the unknown, who are spinning around in a room somewhere. Yeah, Molly... Tells them to stop fighting and Brock and Misty are sort of saying, oh, you know, you've got the instincts of a real Pokemon trainer because you know when to stop them from just before they kill each other. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, you know exactly when to rein it in so it's not actually illegal. See, when that was happening, I was thinking, that's not Pokemon, you fight till the end. But actually, the majority of Pokemon is fighting something until it has a little bit of health. Mm. So and it stuffing a, it inside a small ball. Yeah, yeah there is a, a real world... Real world. <laughs> real game. You've been playing Pokemon Sword too long. Oh, God, I have. <laughs> <laughs> What's real? You're going you're gonna, to... On your walk home, you're going to trap a pigeon, aren't you? <laughs> but, uh, yes, the unknown are sort of spiralling out of control due to they've created so much psychic energy that it's unstoppable because... I guess that's how because science reasons. works. Yeah. <laughs> um, and all the crystals start appearing, so they get all these jagged spikes almost uh, impaling our Yeah, I, I found the spikes kind of threatening, because when Charizard is flying around, a spike goes really close to him, and you do think he's going to get stabbed. That would have been a turn-up for the books. So the, un- the unknown are creating this big psychic barrier, which is stopping them from getting through. And, of course, Ash does... What Ash has got to do, and that's run headfirst into a psychic force field and fall backwards. Smacks his face. I said, what was he going to do if he got to the unknown? Well, he does that every single movie. <laughs> uh, that's just his 
thing. He forgets for a split second he's got Pokemon which do all that. Yeah. But Entei appears and says, if you believe in me, there is nothing I cannot do. Mm. (laughs) That's a terrible amount of power. I think that's Luke chapter (laughs) 4, verse 10. (laughs) Yeah, maybe Mente Entei is God. (laughs) I guess, I mean, there is a sort of Narnia lion parallel the, the mm. narnia lion it's a little bit lion the witch in the wardrobe yeah, you're telling me that lion the witch in the wardrobe is is somehow a christian pa- pa- parable and a pokemon side quill i don't think i was really watching this part of the film <laughs> like, it's it's one of those things where there's just a big ball of energy and then you fire more energy at it and then for reasons everything is resolved yeah. Which, <laughs> but that's the thing. So, yeah. How many more Pokemon movies have we got? 16? That's the thing. It's just, <laughs> I, I don't watch the Pokemon movies for the Pokemon battles, and this film had a lot of Pokemon mm, battles. You watch it for the dad jokes done by Team Rocket. Yeah. See, I was not. Um, I was also. I was reading the like trivia section about this film. Apparently, this is the only Pokemon movie ever. Of the anime ones, which has a Pokemon battle in it, in the sense that, like, the pitch, the like, okay. an official Pokemon battle. But Entei defeats the giant unknown because she orb believes in him and says, "I must now go." <laughs> just, I just, I just gotta get well, out of he, here. He did def- by defeating the unknown's power. Her power dissipates, doesn't it? Yeah. So he vanishes, and Professor Hale, back in the tomb where he was. Um, trapped in the unknown world, he reappears, re-emerges. From the hell dimension. <laughs> yeah, he's had a rough ride. <laughs> I mean, we watched Doom Annihilation, maybe yes, the same thing happened to him. Playing on the mind, yes, his atoms got dissipated and he's returned back. A little bit satanic. <laughs> and yeah, the unknown disappearer back into the portal. Mm. And all the crystal disappears and Greenfield becomes all pleasant again. And Molly's dad comes back from the portal back to being completely alone in Egypt with no money or no connections <laughs> and no one knowing that he's there. <laughs> we don't that's not the last we see of Entei because oh, God. <laughs> in the clouds yep. there is a giant Entei shaped mm-hmm. cloud. Maybe looking, it was just the cloud though. Looking very Mufasa esque. Well, probably more like what's his face? Kimba, the jungle emperor. Oh, yeah. The white lion. Yeah. Didn't happen. <laughs> um, Entei gets a movie and Suicune is the, like, box art mascot for Pokemon Crystal. There is a third one called Raikou. Doesn't really get any attention. I always feel a bit sad for him. Yeah, oh, I, I, literally, I literally couldn't remember what the other legendary Pokemon were. And, uh, of course, the real heroes of the hour, Team Rocket are left trapped in the tower of the mansion. They can't escape because all the police have gathered around outside. Mm. <laughs> and they don't sort of say, you can't catch me, copper! <laughs> and start to sort of get their sniper rifle out and picking them off. I mean, the balloon gets destroyed. <laughs> yeah, so what have they wanted for again? I just remember, like, stealing candy from babies or... Didn't just they do... T- you said they blew up a hospital, so that's, that's probably... If you've not done time for that, they are probably... Mm. Um, still wanted for that. Oh, but like again, can, if they, was it was was it Officer Jenny? So handcuffs him and he goes, "What? Why? Why are you arresting us? You blew up a hospital." 
Oh yeah, that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, as I said, I still stand by what I said earlier. I really did enjoy this for the most part. I definitely think it's my favourite Pokemon movie so far. I might even include uh, Detective Pikachu in that as well. I don't know. Yeah, maybe I won't class Detective Pikachu in that right now. I did watch Detective Pikachu again recently uh, with my missus who had not seen it. And she isn't into Pokemon, but she really enjoyed it. So I think it is very cross, you know, it is intent... Ent- what's the expression? Entertainment. <laughs> Entertainment. Yeah, she, um, you know, basically you don't have to be a Pokemon fan to enjoy Detective Pikachu. But this, again, I think very much requires you to have a... A sort of semi-working knowledge of what a Pokemon is. <laughs> <laughs> it probably helps. Not really. I, I don't think it's knowledge. I just think, like, you need a degree of investment to commit mm. time to this. I don't know if it is, like, the best of the three anime films we've watched. I do have a lot of, like, positive feelings towards it. Um, and I think, like, the first 20 minutes are great. <laughs> mm. But... I still don't think I'd recommend any of these films to people to watch, like, as a film. I think it's more like, hey, remember the Entei movie? Yeah, let's watch it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Which is basically what we did. But, yeah. um, <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think my main problem with the film, I think it has nice animation and, like, kind of nice music at parts. Uh, but I'm just a bit confused why, like, it reveals everything so quickly there's no like there's nothing to discover is there yeah there's there's no like drive for me to keep watching other than, unless i like really love crystals or i really <laughs> like charizard and i like want to see him show up i actually think the fact that it's not the real entei it... <laughs> not that like the real entei means anything to me but like there's just there's no stakes it's just like well I, I like as soon as you know that Molly is the one creating it, you know exactly how the film's gonna end. I think it's an improvement on Pokemon Two Thousand, even though Pokemon Two Thousand had a bit more Team Rocket action. <laughs> it did have Slow King talking about his lack of trousers, mm-hmm. <laughs> and this film doesn't really have as much humor. There's like a few Team Rocket gags and a few good ones, but the rest of the film is has some imaginative stuff and I agree that the start is interesting. The setting and the concepts feel quite different to what's come before. I think I'd still go with the first movie out of the three. I'm really looking forward to your 16 film ranking. (laughs) God. So yeah, I I enjoyed watching it, but it definitely does uh, get a little bit tedious as it goes on. So we'll be back with... um with Hamish sometime in the near future for the next entry in the Pokemon film universe. Well, let's not I'm make gonna, any I'm, guarantees. I'm going to say universe. But I in mean, the... if there's ever another Pokemon game, who knows? <laughs> yeah, so they, might, they might stop. After the, after the backlash, I might just stop making Pokemon games, and so it'll be your fault. Uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield is the best-selling Switch game ever. Mm-hmm. Already. Um, but what's the next episode going to be about? With the imminent release of Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker and The Mandalorian currently showing on Disney Plus screens not in this country. Is that, and Star is, Wars Jedi Fallen Order out now on all your favourite consoles. That's a long title. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to be looking at Star Wars. 
it's not obviously a film based on a video game. We're looking at the interaction between Star Wars and video games. There have been multiple Star Wars based video games and spin-offs mm-hmm. and we're going to be looking at the whole heap of them and there's a few games in star wars itself which we'll touch on like, oh yeah um, the i old... remember the bit where c3po gets out his game gear that sort of bit when obi-wan chops people's hands off <laughs> he does that fruit game. ninja <laughs> yeah no i can think of a few off the top of my head so yeah it's a it's a big topic should be a good episode we're talking all things star wars on the next games on film Uh, But in the meantime, how can people keep in touch? You can find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at GamesOnFilmPod. You can email us GamesOnFilmPod at gmail.com and our website is GamesOnFilm.Witsite.com slash podcast where you can find information about the episodes, all kinds of video game movie related content and it's also where you can support the show. All episodes of the podcast are available on SoundCloud. We're also on Spotify, Acast... Apple Podcasts, and pretty much anywhere that you would listen to podcasts. So please like, review, rate, share, and subscribe. And the music for this episode was composed by David Lightfoot. I am on Twitter at Rory Steele. I'm at Only Man Who Can. And Hamish? I'm everywhere as at Hamish Steele. And do you have anything to plug, Hamish? You have a new book out. Uh, I do. I have Dead Endia. The Broken Halo, uh, the second book in the Dead Endia saga, um, which has just come out. Available wherever you can find those kind of books, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> those kind of books. That's really sort of... Um, no, it's good. It should be available in bookshops and comic shops and... Support your local comic shop. Yes. Mm. Ask them to order it for you and buy it from there. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Well, thank you very much again for joining us, as ever, Hamish, when it comes to talking Pokemon. Yeah, I hope my uh, my facts and insight was super effective. Mm. It was indeed. I'm going to evade that. <laughs> it would be nice to have you on a non-Pokemon episode one time. <laughs> I feel like we're subjecting you to these a little. But you're also uh, excited to see them as I well, right? I just enjoy watching these films. Yeah. Oh no, me saying I don't want anyone else to watch them doesn't mean I don't also (laughs) you're you're being I'm actually genuinely, genuinely, genuinely I am interested to see a Pokemon anime movie I haven't seen before. Which one would that be? The next one. Whatever the next one we do. I've not seen any of them past this. I guess we're in it for the long haul then. (laughs) Do you know about the Pokemon movie they released two versions of, one for black and one for white, which is the same movie but with the legendary Pokemon switch? What are you talking about like race? Is that like that Christmas movie where one's got the gay dad and one's <laughs> yeah. got the... <laughs> it's literally that. We're going to watch both versions, of course. Okay, at the same time. Yep. All right. Okay, well, that's something else to look forward to. Um, but yes, thank you again for joining us, Hamish. And uh, thank you, everyone listening, for sticking around to the end of this episode. <laughs> Please do uh, check us out for the next episode, Talking All Things Star Wars. So, I have been Rory. I have been Harry. I have been Hamish. And see you next time. You have been you. Take care. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye.